No. <laughs> what? You didn't even know what I was about I, to say. You reared back. You reared back. Hi, everybody. See, that was not what you expected. You reared back. And I will do it again to say, <gasps> what's up, Ding Dongs? Uh, my name is Corey Craft. Hello, uh, all you Corey oh, heads and kittens out there ah! in particular. And oh, um, man. Happy to be here today. It's it's uh, yeah, Corey. Uh, more bits, craft. Uh, trying to bring more bits to hey, the side talks. If, podcast. if anybody in in the uh, in the booth or in the other side of the booth in the room wants a cupcake, they're in here. I'm just trying to distract from Corey's bullshit. So there's yeah, they're savages. They're really good. Savages was if they sponsored us, that'd be awesome. I know you can't eat them because you're allergic to eggs or whatever. That's right. Um, yeah, this is a podcast, and it's episode three hundred and ninety nine. I know, countdown to four hundred. This room smells like gummy bears. I'm still eating these spicy gummy bears. And um, let's, uh, yeah, let's get on with it because I'm ready to get to four hundred. So let's talk. Let's, uh, let's, you know, yeah, what let's are you talk do? about movies. Talk about yeah, there we go. All right, God. here we go. Dang it. <laughs> so now it's time for a segment of the podcast called "Phone a Friend," where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello. Brocephus. Guess what? Hi. It's what? Rachel and Corey, and we're on episode 399. Can you... 399. 399. Believe it. We've got... Uh, we've got oh, you're so close to a big number. I know, and we're calling you. We've got um, cupcakes. We've got champagne chilling. We've got... Spicy gummy Wait, bears. For this episode? Well, no, Not we're gonna we're gonna we're we're gonna pop it off in four hundred. I think we're gonna pop it no, off. Wait, it's four hundred. Sometimes you record more than one in a day. So we're recording four hundred yeah. momentarily. Momentarily. So oh we're this God. is the countdown to four oh oh, bitch. Wow! So congrats. Well, Thank okay. you. This is so exciting. I Isn't thought it, it could be right here, just you know, l- leading the way into that episode. Exactly. So. That's what we thought. Yeah. You know, help us with the countdown. We're kind of celebratory. Yeah. In all of our episodes. So what are you bringing us for three ninety nine? What What have you been watching? Okay, well, it's good. I guess it's good that we're at a kind of a monumental phase because um, I have a little bit of a series here. Um, I We did a triple header, <gasps> and I'll kind of, there's a reason for it. I'll get to that in a minute. But in the meantime, um, yeah, we have watched three John Waters movies. Oh, oh damn. Okay. Done a John Waters retrospective, I perhaps. Okay. Okay. I um, can't wait to hear which three. That makes a difference. Okay. So we started things off with Pink Flamingos because... Yeah, makes sense. You know, I have only seen it once it was years ago and Tony had never seen it. So we were like, we have to do that. Like, that's kind of iconic and it's ridiculous and there's a lot of things that, you know, I'm not even really going to talk about it too much because I feel like it's been discussed so heavily. It's so, you know, Agreed, known. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if you haven't seen it, there's definitely some things in that movie that, that will blow your mind. So it feels like you should just be blown away by that. You know what I mean? Yeah, let people discover that on their own if they haven't yet. I agree. Exactly. So, but yeah, but that was a good foundation. Good to see, you know, Define again. Good to, like, see all the vibe, all the balls. Yeah. Good. Like, and everybody in that had one because they were all, like, his friends and it was made so long ago. So, it was so good. So much good, like, ball war, as they say. And um, so that's where, <laughs> you know, kick things off. Okay, so then we hopped into the, um, I guess this would have been, like, the middle of his career and we watched crybaby love it from mm. 1990 back before we knew watching. before we knew how nasty johnny depp was what we, what's we, wrong we, with okay, him so, what are we talking about shut here? up Corey. okay <laughs> okay so my i had a note that said um 
that very hot Johnny Depp. And then I yeah. asked Tony, I was like, can I, can I say that Johnny Depp's hot? Like, is he, like, what, do we talk about Johnny Depp like that anymore? And Tony's like, you know, it's a fact, though. He's really hot in 1990. Like, you can't help what somebody does later. Like, he was hot then, you know? Totally. So it's true. Totally. You know, this is like very, Viper Room, Viper Room era Depp. Like, yeah, oh. he's dreamy, dreamy, LA super hot, hot, super fine. Yeah, and yeah. we didn't, we didn't know yet. We and maybe, maybe the behavior wasn't heated up yet. I think when you're this yeah, fine, like he hadn't had years of Hollywood yeah. lifestyle to make him, you know, right. kind of a crazy person. He wasn't a so, Hollywood vampire yet. Not yet. Oh boy. <laughs> what a band. But um, you know, I grew up watching that on I don't know HBO or whatever. So I'd seen that one, but it has been years and years. And I don't think Tony had ever seen that one. So that was really good to revisit. Um well, while we're here, I'll, I might few I just you know take a few notes on that one. Okay, so I don't know if you remember this from the beginning because I definitely do not, but it is the longest vaccination scene ever. Yes. yes. Like, the entire opening credits is a bunch of teenagers getting vaccinated in the fifties and it is so long, like minutes and minutes and minutes of all the characters in line, like getting shots and making face and making googly eyes. And it was just impressively long vaccination scene. So, and nobody argued with it. It was pre COVID vaccinations for sure. Right. There was no anti-vaxxers. They were like, no, line them up. We would rather not have polio. Line them up. (laughs) Um, Okay. My favorite gag in the whole thing is um, as a, uh, if anyone may recall is the crybaby. So the premise is he's a drape, which is like, you know, we were watching, we're like, what does that word mean? And is that a real word or a John Waters word? Apparently, drape is a actual Baltimore-specific word for greasers in the 1950s. Yeah, yeah. All right. that sounds about so, right. Like, in the region, they were called drapes. So, like, these people, they're playing, these, like, greaser, rock and roll, like, slick back hair, leather jacket dudes, really were called drapes. So, there's the drape group, and then... There's the squares, I think is what they're called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literal Which like, that, that does translate to every city in America. Right? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're Corey Craft type, if you will. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, Corey cool is mad. Uh. Oh. <laughs> hot okay. take, hot take. Hot take. Um, so, okay, so he's sort of courting a square, and they're kind of like, you know, on other sides of the, you know, like style coin and all that and so um and he's bad and he tells a story about his dad um who was the alphabet bomber and yes, yeah. i don't know i so I, there's a quote let me find my little quote here i took a screenshot so um crybaby says that's right allison my father was the alphabet bomber he may have been crazy but he was my pop only one i ever had and then she said god i heard about the alphabet bomber bombs exploding in the in the airport and the barber shop and Crybaby says, that's right. All in alphabetical order. Car wash, <laughs> drugstore. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I used to lay in my crib and hear him scream in his sleep. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Boom, boom. So I loved that gag in particular. Um, very, very cute and funny. And then, um, let's see, probably, oh, and her, she had an orphan story, which is really funny. So she's an orphan, and so her story kind of in retort to his was that um, her parents both died in plane or plane crash but they had taken separate flights for safety oh that's right that's right (laughs) (laughs) Um, man what are the odds what are the odds and my last thing like i said there's a chicken race at the end with the cars you know Yeah, yeah yeah and it is so silly because like so they're so the two protagonist men that are arguing over the square lady who's now kind of turned to like a bad girl like a great uh they're strapped or they're like holding onto the roof of the car to, oh, that's right. They're not, so they're not even the drivers. They're not even like in charge of the chickening, really. Do you know? Right. Like, it just feels, and it winds up being sort of like the drapes with the squares. And like, so Ricky Lake is 
Johnny Depp's sister. In My the, boo. In the- you know I love some Ricky Lake. She's so you know. good in that. She has all these kids, and she's prego. And then she gives birth during the chicken race. Oh, that's while right. While they're in the back. Oh, you're, you're bringing it all back to life for us. Isn't it so good? And then when it's like that thing where it's like if they had misfired on this chicken thing and like crashed, it would have been you know a tragic scene and multiple deaths. But um, but you know it's cool. It, it ends. It's fine. Oh, and yeah. So. Yeah, so that was really good. And, oh, there was the drinking of the tears. I <laughs> assumed, so I couldn't really remember a lot of the details having watched it, you know, much, much younger. But I remembered the drinking of the tears. And I just kept waiting for that to happen. And then sure enough, she's got her tears and she's crying into it and all about crybaby. And she's so sad. And then she just drinks her tears. And I just remember as a kid seeing that and thinking, what, what I don't know. I don't know what I thought. I obviously never tried it. But I definitely remember that scene of the drinking of the tears. And so, um, yeah, very iconic stuff. Um Okay, so then to round out our trilogy, um, we watched Pecker from oh, 1998. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen this one. All right. Neither of us. And this have is ever Furlong, seen. right? This is yeah. Furlong? Yeah, Furlong. Sounds like Rachel doesn't like this. Let's got Christina Ricci, though. Mm, that doesn't do anything for okay. me. Does it not? No, it doesn't. It doesn't weigh me one way. Or, that's a very even. Like Christina Ricci puts me right in the middle. It could go either way. No, that's an added bonus all no. the time. All the time. No. Mm. Anyway, we want to know what you thought of it, Lisa. Like, what, okay, what was your well, take? So, okay, well, there's you know, so Christina Ricci. Okay, um, also Martha Plimpton is in it as his sister, and she looks like a poor man's Juliet Lewis. Like, I definitely thought it was Juliet. Yeah, Lewis. Yeah, R- River Phoenix is X. You know. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so let's see. I've got some notes. Okay, so like, they, okay, so so the premise of this, which I you know had never seen this, is he's a photographer, very amateur. He gets a camera from his mom's store and he starts taking pictures of things in town so he takes pictures through the window of the lesbian strip club and like crotchal regions and stuff and i'm just like wait what yeah okay and so then okay so then he well i'll kind of go in order so then he actually goes to visit his grandmother who's a sweet little old catholic granny named me mama and she has a little pit beef stand where she sells pit beef um is that a Baltimore thing? I meant to look that up and never actually I did. don't. Um, I don't know. And she sells sandwiches from the stand in her yard. And, like, at one point, Pecker came by and she took him in the house to show him that her Virgin Mary statue was speaking. So, <laughs> and then a guy drops by, like, I want my pit beef. And he's, like, yelling because she's not in the pit beef stand. So it's, like, you know, it's really cute. And then he gets back out. He leaves grandma's, um, me and mama's house. And he gets back out there. And then next. I don't think he's even sneaking through the window of the photographs this time. He is fully goes in a gay club, like strip club, and starts taking more crotchal shots. And there's like dudes <laughs> teabagging guys and stuff. And like he's taking pictures of it. And then he's like, they're for my art show. And I'm just thinking like, okay, is this, is this, how are you going to get away with this? Like somebody are going to be mad about some of these photos. And spoiler alert, he does not get away with it. And livelihoods are ruined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. of a lot. I mean, livelihoods yeah. are built, but then livelihoods are ruined. It's <laughs> right, it's like <laughs> right. It's really popular because of the photos, but then also like everybody's lives are like, wait, what? What did you take this picture for? You know. Um, and then another fun character was little Christy, his little sister. Do you remember her with all the? She eats all the candy and the sugar, and she's like just she's vaguely. I, I vaguely remember this film. To tell you the truth, like I don't even remember the tea bagging. Oh yeah, it's a, it's. I might well, have locked so up. The teabagging was under a tidy whitey. It was oh, like okay. not a raw dog teabag situation. Come on, but it was John. Very Come on, yeah, this, John. Is, this is definitely him, him, him 
you know, refrain. This is what happens when Hollywood gets their little arms around you. You go from having somebody eat shit on the street yeah, his, to covered teabagging. His financiers were like, absolutely not. <laughs> keep well, those balls. Keep those balls under that tidy whitey. And that's you know, it's sort of. I, we watched like a like a couple little review analysis things of it, and that that was a criticism at the time that people thought it wasn't. I guess you know, trashy and. Uh, oh, you know, campy and over the top as much as like it could be. I think people thought he went soft, but I'm like, this is literally a full on lady crotch and a and a tea bag. I mean, there's stuff going on in there, you know. Like it's not nothing. So it's not but, nothing. Um, but he did. You're right. He did close the tea bag. Um, and oh, but like uh, Cindy Sherman was in it. Actual, really like, credited as herself, Cindy Sherman. She's in it when they go to New York and are kind of like schmoozing in the photography art scene. So that was fun to see her. I and, mean, you know, that's awesome. Like, know. how often do we even get to see Cindy Sherman and like in real form? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, so, and then let's see. Oh, this is a good uh, little quote here. This is a quote. What they call art up in New York, young man, looks like misery to me. Love and it. that was quoted by the local cop because their house got broken into back in Baltimore because I think he was like getting famous because of the photographs, you know, the whole thing. And, um, Oh, so I, this is another quote. So one of the stripper guys at the gay club, he gets, I guess, photographed and it's, it's become popular. So his parents show up to like save him from this. What they're like, Oh, he's, Oh, he's queer. And like all, they're all like upset about it. And then he says in the most Baltimore accent ever, he's like, no, ma, I'm trade. Queers blow me. I don't blow them. I'm still straight. Wow. And it's so good. It's so much Baltimore. It's like the most Baltimore in that whole um, movie, which, the, you know, Pink Flamingos was all Baltimore, wall to wall Baltimore. But um, this one just had like a sprinkling because I guess he was more Hollywood by then. And, you know, he had yeah. like, you know, other non Baltimoreans. But he made sure to fit some real good like Baltimore accent in there. So, um, so all around, I mean, I think Beckers was fun, but. It's like the whole Christina Ricci thing. Like she's a manager of a laundromat and she's obsessed with laundromats. And that's like, I don't know, is it supposed to be like funny, but she's really serious about it. So I don't know. I think the laundromat stuff was a little confusing. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think, think it, that's like, it's like when John Waters kind of jumps the shark at points, right? Is, is right. that kind of shit. We're just like, well, it's a little tedious to me. I, I know what you mean. Like, sorry, Waters heads, but I, you know, that's my take. <laughs> Um, well, so in conclusion, so the reasoning for mm, the triple header is because, listen to how crazy this is, um, I don't want to jinx anything by announcing it early, but, um, so as we have a friend in the biz and here in Nashville and, um, John Waters is coming to town this weekend, I guess on, you know, he's got a book out. And uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, he's, he's trending now. He's having a moment. And he so, is. He's got his walk he's, on, he's got his star on the walk yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so he's doing a tour, I guess, like, a, you know, a comedy tour, read excerpts from the book, talk about like, you know, what have you. Um, and our friend asked if uh, me and or Tony, because Tony's done this before in the past, would be his driver and what? pick him Whoa. up at the airport and take him to his hotel and then take him from the hotel to the venue and then the next and then back to the hotel and then the next day back to the airport. Oh, my wild? God. I love it. Yes. I can't wait to so, hear how this goes. And, of course, you've got to invite him to come to Sidewalk. Yeah, tell him know. we said hello. Oh, my gosh, of course. Good call. Yeah, do you have any specific questions or requests? I will definitely mention Sidewalk. Anytime. So, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure that he's taken care of. Anytime he wants to come okay. to the cinema or the festival, we got his back. Okay. I'm gonna this is a lot, know. Lisa. Um, this is a lot. This is like, let's keep in mind that just a few weeks ago, we were in, we were in the presence of Corey Feldman. 
And, God, I know. I and know. now I'll draw like this is this is like a celebrity, you know, season for us. Celebrity season. Let's know, call it. really is. And it's at the same venue. So it's like, yeah, it's all through. Yeah. The same connections and stuff. It's, oh, my it's, God. Wow. J.D. J.D. So, J.D. is really like he, he didn't even know what he was like. He didn't even know I, the, you know, if you happen to see anything coming up that you might be interested in. Also, I've got to connect you to Candace because she really wants to come see Evan Rachel Wood. We'll talk about that later, <laughs> but she's stalking her. She's like lightly stalking her, just lightly, okay. not like Marilyn Manson. Like there's no, you know, she doesn't have to do the metal doors or anything. You to didn't keep- have <laughs> to bring that up. <laughs> but I did, but I kind of did. Anyway, we'll talk off, we'll talk off podcast we'll about, about, about that, you know, yeah. but city, you know, we're, like city can, winery yeah, is like kind of our hookup right now. They're popping off. So, you know, and the thing is, he was like, Hey, we need a driver. And so I would think, you know, normally you just need like one driver and two would be like, right. you know, a real goober move. However, because of the way the airport is designed, like we need the person holding the sign that says Mr. Waters to wrangle him at baggage claim. But then Whoa. we there's not a way to just like park your car and walk in there and sure. the sign. Like that's just you know, you So you and Tony are gonna to get to So we have to double up. So we both mm-hmm. get to go and be chauffeurs together. How fun Love it. I can't wait. So I hope I mean, I don't know if I'm coming back and there's like no interesting you know, it's like he just wanted to be quiet and we didn't really chat, you know, if that's that'll be what Doubt it is. But that. hopefully We'll have at least, you know, a little a little anecdote or something, or at least, you know, I'll pull the sidewalk, something like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, and you need to try to, like, apparently if you send him a Christmas ornament, he will yeah. put, he loves Christmas, and he will, I know this from Zach Clark. Well, there's an ornament on his tree that Zach Clark sent him, and, and Zach has seen it in a photograph. So my understanding oh my is he God. loves Christmas, he loves getting Christmas ornaments, and if you send him a Christmas ornament, he will put it on his tree. Aww. So that's something you can mention to him, is like, if you ever, you know... I'd love to send you, you a Christmas think, ornament. What if I, because I, I was already like, should we give him like a gift or like a welcome in Nashville or a trinket or something? And I was sort of there you go. Like, do you think, should I give him a little ornament? I, I like weird. I, I think that's a little inside knowledge personally. I know, but is it weird? Does it seem like I stalked him or something? No, no. I think it's kind of okay. common knowledge okay. that people okay, do this. Good. Yeah. Oh my gosh, a Christmas ornament helper. Because it's not, I mean, you know, Christmas isn't that far away. We could just say, like, I heard you like Christmas ornaments. And I do too. Oh, okay. I've got some work to do. <laughs> there you go. Go find a good one. <laughs> go find a good one. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for bringing us this news. I mean, you buried the yes. lead, but we are, I know, we sorry. can't I wait. Actually saying, like, should I lead with the John Waters meetup or should I just sort of? No, like, you did it right. You did it. You got to keep people, you know, keep people hooked. So next yeah, time yeah. we talk now, to you. For my next installment, like what happened with John Waters? Exactly. So, Keep them yeah, listening. Keep them listening. <laughs> yeah, something's got to. All right, Bross. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody listened for so long because we kept saying Corey Feldman. We're going to see Corey Feldman. Everybody's like, God, I can't wait for that episode to come out. Um. Anyway, we'll we'll um we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye, Bye. Music, music, music. Yes, I love that little lead-in. Um, so I have a question for y'all. Brad's in the room with us. is on the other side of the window, if you will. Yep. Is that how you said? Um, and I just was... Today's like a little bit music-focused, more than film-focused. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's relevant because I'm, I'm listening to this podcast again. I've been on the Search Engine podcast a little bit. And they had an interview with The Hold Steady okay. just recently. And it was this kind of podcast episode about, like, does anybody really like their job? And... One of the things the guy from the whole study, well, I'm, it's not really my thing. Like, I don't love that band, sure, but sure. fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, but he had something kind of interesting and fun to say, which was that when he was in the first band that he was in, um, which I can't remember their name, like, doesn't really matter. But 
that he they didn't really get along, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and you've been in how many bands have you been in? Bands, not I mean, probably four or five. That's but significant. Yeah. yeah, that's significant. So his first band, they didn't really get along. Second band, which ended up being the Hold Steady, okay. um, evolved into that. You know, that they started out just as like, let's get together and play music because it's fun to play music. We're right. not going to play shows. We're going to have all these rules where we're like, keep it light. We're not trying to get paid. Like we're just we're not going to take a get. And then of course all that changed. Of but course. He said he had a theory that it was like when you start moving gear that's when the problems start, right? That's his quote. It's like, when you start moving gear, that's when the problems start. And so, you know, here we are about to record episode 400. And, Mm. you know, I've been working with this guy across the table for a long time. Mm. And with Kyle, who was in here just a little while ago, you know, we worked together for like 14 years. And Charlie back there, I think he's still here, um, for over a decade and all this. And I'm just, you know, I'm curious. It's it's like, you know, it's hard to work with people. Like, it's hard any relationship is difficult, but it's hard to get to get along. I don't. I mean, we do pretty well. Don't get me wrong, but like, yeah. we've all had our brush ups. And so, I was just curious what you think, Brad, about that. This sort of like once the gear moves, like it starts getting tricky, and why that is, and and sort of your take on that. Man, I mean, it's funny. I was just talking to Van earlier about he was asking about being in a band, and number one, I don't know if this is tangential to what you're saying, but it is. I was joking with him. That's a young man's game. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the last time I was in a band, I was probably 24 years old. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, ever yeah, since yeah. then, it's been, it's been a, that's been a minute. Then. Yeah. It's been getting hired to play for other people, that sort of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, it's like, um, it's, it's not, I mean, I hate it when people say it's like a marriage cause it's not, it's not if like you've ever marriage, been no. married, but the idea being, you all have to i mean i mean think about that like the police is a classic example like they fought all the fucking time mm-hmm. before they got big and yeah, you right. know what i mean it was like so you have people like that but i think people in bands start getting and tell me if i'm going off path here but like i think when you start touring you got people coming up to shows and that's what you mean by like moving the gear right? i guess that's what he means i mean it sounds that's like he said hear, he was but... kind of like playing music is fun when you start i don't know if you know, he well, didn't really elaborate on like is it because you're starting to make money is that what happens I think or what is he's it... saying based on what you're describing yeah. that they were just getting together at one of their houses right. for rehearsal space and that was it yeah you're not moving fun, any playing. gear like yeah. everything's set up it's just kind of like your fun room you know right. what i mean but then you have to start playing shows especially when they get bigger and yeah you're you're hiring people to move gear. Right. Because there's so much gear, right? Right. And that means there's tons of money. And that means people are going to fight over that right. shit. And you're talking about musicians. You're talking about a lot of egos. Right. It's like with actors. Yeah, right? Like, sure. um, And then the creative difference part, right? Like, that's when the bass player suddenly gets into trip hop and thinks that their rock band should <laughs> right. start incorporating that. And right. the lead singer who writes all the songs for the most part is like... Get the fuck out of here. What are you talking <laughs> right. about? You know what I mean? Um, I think that's when it gets messy. Yeah. So know. is that part of, like, you're, you're not currently in a band then? No. Do you miss it? Are you? No. Is that something you would pursue ever again, do you think? No. Yeah, Mm-mm. interesting. Because I don't have to, I mean, if that was, like, my only way to participate in making music, yeah. then maybe that would be different. But I think that was one of the things that, I don't know, it's just not worth it. And you have to, like, to be in a band, I mean, I can't even imagine it in 2023 being in a band. I'm talking about my last band was in 2003, probably, right? right? Much different world, yeah. I can't, I mean, 
the money that it takes and your the you have to be so willing to be poor for mm-hmm. a very long right. time without any type of guarantee of a payoff like right. mm-hmm. the kind of things we think of as payoffs is like bands that are get big that's it's like winning the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's tons of great bands out there that no one will ever hear. Because well, yeah, this dude, like, clearly the dude who was on this podcast is fairly well known. I mean, well known enough for a for a you know national podcast host to yeah, call sure. him and know him and say, you know, the shows sell out, whatever, whatever. Is fairly popular dude and a fairly popular band. And he was like, yeah, I'm. I don't make the money, but I would have made if I had just stayed at the job at you know, work for American Express or whatever. And right. I, I would be making, I'd be having, a, like, I'd have a second house. Yeah. He's like, I don't have a second house. I'm not going to have a second house. Like, this is not. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I mean, it's hard to make money in any creative industry unless you're at that. I think people's perception is like, right, like, like an actor. Like right. an actor must make, you know, you're in something. You must make significant amount of money. And as somebody who formerly dated an actor, like, no, no. they're yeah. broke all the fucking <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. You know? yeah, for sure. And it's the same, I mean, I think that's all forms of entertainment, obviously, and I, th- I think one thing too, if you if you're not working in music on whether that's business or making it or whatever, the thing is, like most bands aren't really bands. What do you mean by that? On paper, mm-hmm. mm. right? Because the money is going to come from gotcha. the publishing, which is usually the lead singer, which is usually the main songwriter, right? Like. Unless you're Dave Grohl and like really kind with all that, like no one's sharing that. So on paper, yep. legally, you know, the lead singer, you know, Oasis is is Noel. Yeah. From a like Liam didn't write shit. Mm-hmm. Noel wrote yep. everything. He just sings it. So in a way, even the f- lead singer of one of the biggest rock bands of the last thirty years was in some yeah. ways just kind of a paid. Like the bass player was paid, mm-hmm. like the drummer was paid. Right. That's but interesting. Everyone thinks yeah. of it as a band, right? Right. And everybody's and kind of not. like, well, I mean, the Go Go's talk about this all the time that, like, that the way that they that they saw making money was like, oh, shit, I've got to get my name on a song. Yeah. Like, otherwise, yeah, I'm never, I'm not going to be able to retire. Like, I'm going to have to do this shit for the rest of my life. And that's the fucking Go Go's, y'all. Yeah. And I mean, this is an over, anyone that knows, like, music business law knows I'm oversimplifying when I sure. say this, but like, that's the thing is when you're in a band and you're the drummer and the record comes out and it sells a bunch of copies, you technically aren't going to make a dime. Yeah. <laughs> you just have right. to wait for the tour to start because then you're going to get money from the shows, right. but there's no long term. And that's usually most of a band gotcha. is in yeah. that situation. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's interesting. What's the worst? Um, wrap us up by like what's the worst fight you ever got in in your band or did you or are you like a, just a get along band <laughs> i mean i never gotten anything crazy but i will just i mean man when you spend once you get hit about like two weeks and i'm talking i'm not talking the nice like tour bus touring because even that's actually really hard but two weeks with up to five other dudes in a van pulling a trailer. I can't even imagine that. No, with like a lot of times no hotel rooms for showers and it gets Yeah. You just start fighting about you. everything. I hear you. You know? Yeah. I mean, even a road trip when you're doing it for fun, you start <laughs> fussing with people. Sure. So I can't even imagine. Yeah. yeah. I see that. No sleep, but I don't know. 
Yeah, and that's part of it too. Like just probably the late night stress and that kind of thing. And you add the other shit that comes along with being in a band to the mix, and it's a disaster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're usually just again. I don't. I'm not meaning to always bring it back to like film, but like I don't know. These are crazy personalities. Like people who want to go out on the road, like I did. Right. That's insane. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> you know what I mean. It's not. Yeah. It's a great experience. It's not that I regret doing any of it, like the shitty touring, but it's, yeah, why would you want to go out there and do that for no money, playing shows to five people? Mm-hmm. You know what I From mean? From town to town. Not yeah. Even, yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, hell, even, like, I think Miley Cyrus recently was like, I don't want to do that again. Like, I yeah. don't want to ever tour again. It's miserable. It's just miserable. She's like, I don't want to sleep on a bus. I don't uh-huh. want to, you know, and I don't have Especially to. Especially towards so, that big. She's like, and I don't make that much money. She's like, I don't make, you know, it wasn't that much money. I mean, what what she thinks is that much money is very different than what I would think. But in her world, it's not that much money, which tells you something, right? Well, sure. Well, so, and it's, uh, to me, it's, uh, it seems like touring for a band, again, oversimplifying, but it's like the press tour for the actors in a movie. Mm-hmm. Right, yep. like the fun part was ma- like making the record or making the right. movie, and then eventually, after a week or two of going out there and presenting it to people over and you're over again, done. you're like, "Fuck this!" How do <laughs> you, you know? think Taylor Swift is feeling right now? Do you think she's just like? I think she's feeling great <laughs> on that, getting close to one bills, yeah, you know, one one billion dollars. Yeah. yeah, I think. I she's, mean, I'm sure, but like, how? She's got three a new and boyfriend. Hour, yeah, three and a half hour show every night, though. You think that? Dude, that's you think brutal. that gets old for her? Almost certainly, right. That's such a different level, though. Yeah, I hear you. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, probably. There's probably nights where, as crazy as it sounds, like she probably felt like she phoned it, phoned it in or right. whatever. But I also think for her specifically, you can only be the one of the biggest names in the world, much less by far the biggest, most successful tour in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hear that. I mean, you got you got to be enjoying that. Yeah, it's a minute. she knows it's not going to be there in three years. I think she's smart. You know? When I, you know, when I, I've, I've told you before, like I, I love pop music. I mean, I love all kinds of music, but I do sure, like pop music, too. and I kind of will go see a big show every couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I did see Justin Timberlake, and dude, I, think I bet I, that was great. Well, I mean, here's the thing: I, the vibe I got and the energy I got, like after I thought about it later, and I kind of, I think it may have even taken me watching the concert film, which mm. was just a straight up like, here's a recording of you know, well produced recording of the show, right? kind of stitched together from a couple of nights in Vegas, I think is where they shot it. And anyway, uh, I remember it kind of came together for me where I was like, that dude knows. He knows that this is like it, right? He mm. knows that like, he's never going to be in better shape. He's, right. His voice is never going to sound better. Yeah, he's never going to look here. better. Right. He's never going to sure. wear a suit like that again. Yeah. Like it's all. And then sure enough, like, what happens a couple of years later, he gets married, he has kids, he's like, you know, making different kind of music now and mm-hmm. it's not the same. And it's, well, and now NSYNC's back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but he, it's you know, all different. It's anyway, I, I think he knew like it, it, that was the energy he was bringing was like, I know that this is my moment. It's never going to get better than this. I'm on the top of the world and I'm yeah. just going to fucking enjoy the hell out of it. Right. The second. Yeah. And that was, and that there's an energy to that, that I think is maybe similar to what you're saying, you know, with the Taylor Swift energy where it's like, it doesn't, it kind of doesn't get better than this. It's only going to go down from here in yeah. some ways, right? That that recognition is. In well, it. and I think also having the presence of mind to like realize that, that whether you, whatever, like that you caught lightning in a bottle right. and you need to enjoy it. Yeah, it's going like to be gone soon. Burn the fuel. Yeah, I mean, just 
go for it. This particular show, too, they were like, we're standing in this VIP section, which I was like, oh, the VIP section is interesting. I paid a little more for these tickets and I got them from a scalper. Whatever. I don't give a shit. And um, and it was his like tequila lounge and whatever. We're kind of I'm like, we're kind of far back from the stage. That's weird. But it's whatever. I'm going to enjoy the shit out of this. It's going to be fun. Sure. And so about 20 minutes into the show, this woman comes up and there's kind of a bar around us and she starts wiping it down. And she's like, so if if Justin Timberlake happens to come over here and happens to be right here, don't touch him. <laughs> and like, it gotcha. was literally that few people that she was able to kind of go up to each one of like the little groups individually and say that. And she was like wiping it down with a towel. And sure enough, the stage starts fucking moving. Right. Oh, and damn. it just Hell slowly yeah. moves all the way back to VIP and lands right in front of me. And then there are his little feet. So it's like, <laughs> right, you know, he's like right there. I mean, it was, it was, it was awesome. But I I'm also like, that's working the crowd. I mean, how yeah. mm-hmm. can you work the crowd any better? You're just like, I'm going to do this. Like kind of on the, on the reputation tour, Taylor Swift was like, Hey, nosebleed people. I'm going to come up there and see you. And everybody's like, whatever, whatever. That's not going to happen. And then here comes the little swoop truck and she swings all around. Sure. And then I got last one for you because I think you'll appreciate this. Mm -hmm. And you know, my friend Candace Murdoch, who I mentioned sometimes on the podcast, Mm -hmm. I had tickets. My mom had got me to Chris Isaac at the Lyric theater in Birmingham. Okay. And I've seen Chris Isaac before. I saw Chris Isaac. I loved him as a kid, like as a like teenager, it was like heavy rotations, like silver tone, all that. I loved it. And I'd seen him once kind of on a whim and Lisa Marie Presley opened up for him. Oh, Oh, wow. That's when I was in New York and I saw like I passed, like I was on, I was on like a bus or in a cab or something and I passed the marquee and I was like, Chris Isaac's playing there tonight. I'm going to jump out of his cab or whatever Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go see if I can get tickets and I did and I've never seen him before and like I called my girlfriend at the time. I was like, meet me down here. I've got a Chris Isaac ticket. I bought him from a scalper. They're like third row seats. Come on down. Lisa Marie Presley. And it was, he blew my fucking face off. I thought I was going to go see like some nostalgic thing it was going to be whatever so anyway we're at the lyric theater and he makes the nosebleeds comment and i'm like laughing you know it's like i'm gonna come up there and you know see everybody and we're in a box because i had gotten some pretty good seats yeah and i he just kind of kept looking at candace and he just like kept looking at her really? looking i was like oh he must you know like whatever i mean maybe sure. i'm seeing things sure enough here he comes through the wings up into the box sits down next to me and fucking serenade. There's, Come on. I'm not joking. Are you serious? Sarah, not me. He sang past me, y'all. <laughs> right. I'm sitting yeah, there. Yeah, but I'm you like, were right there. I'm right there. I yeah. mean, his arm was t- He had to like lean across me to sing to her. Gotcha. And I'm like, I'm cool. Like, you're good, you know? And Chris Isaac sang an entire song to Candace Murdoch, like in in, a, in an wow. opera box at the wow. Lyric Theater. Wow, man. Everybody down below was like, got their phones out because it's just wild. Anyway. I don't know how we get, went from it sucks Who to cares? be in a that's band a to, to the Chris Isaac serenade story. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, but that that's, awesome. that's also the fun, you know, I, I realized I feel like I was totally shitting on that whole <laughs> thing or whatever. Yeah. I don't mean to, but but then there's stuff like that about going to see. Dude, this was his like like 50th birthday, I think. Really? Yeah, it was like his 50th birthday show. He, I mean, he was like real. He's like, I'm going to party tonight because like it's a big one for me, you know? Yeah. Um. And he was just, he's fucking he killing it. He look 50. I know. Mm. He was killing it. Well, and the fire alarm went off too at that show. Well, he's one of those people, whether you like him or not, I feel like this anyway, whether you like him or not. And I do like him actually. Yeah, like yeah. I've spent time listening to, to him, Um. but he's just good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Totally. He, it's not, it's yeah. not, it's yeah. about taste, not whether he's talented or it's bullshit or whatever. like, he's just good. He's kind of done timeless in a way you know what i mean i agree like i think there will still be some people listening to him 20 I agree, years from now no. i know? mean and some of it's some of it's better than others you know Absolutely. what i mean like some of it's there's a lot of material there though but i mean that's a guy i look if he doesn't enjoy what he's doing he puts on a real fucking good yeah. act 
because mm-hmm. it, it looks like he's having a blast yeah, on that stage. Every people, time I've ever seen him, he looks like he's having just a blast. If he's not having fun, that's almost like concerning. Like, oh, this person's yeah. a psychopath. Right. If they can act, right, if they, can they do hate that. this. I mean, he puts on it. the like mirror jacket and he becomes a human disco ball. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. He stands on a thing totally. and it twirls in the whole room. Yeah. Anyway, fun show. Um, yeah, there we Chris go. Isaac. We solved all the problems with, with disagreements at work and, you know, music Done. and bands suck. And there we go. Problem solved. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic thunderballs and thumb thumbs. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Get out the dick jar because I just think this counts. Oh, let me tell you what this is. It's not what you think it is, actually. Okay. It's really, it's not. It's a, it's a restaurant um, in Milwaukee called Safe House. Uh-huh. And they have all kinds of crazy menu items. And thunderballs, as I'm sure you can imagine, are... Uh, and I'm just quoting from the menu, if you will. These meatballs are the bomb. Oh. Day-aged... What the fuck does that mean? Day-aged prime beef. Uh-huh. And sweet Italian sausage, which... Bleh, this make, that, that... Don't like it. Okay. Um, seared with garlic toast and marinara. So, excuse me. Served with garlic toast and marinara. Okay? All right. Thunderballs. Sure, great. I think that's how you have to They're order it. Thunderous. Thunderballs. And then thumb-thumbs. I don't like that. <laughs> You know what they fucking are? Do you want to guess? Dude, just guess. Um, Anybody in the other room want to guess thumbs. what thumb thumbs are on chicken the menu? Chicken fingers. No. Even though I will tell you right now that they have on the kids' menu chicken fingers and they're called gold fingers. Okay. <laughs> Anybody guessing what thumb thumbs are? Anybody out there? Podcast at sidewalkfest.com. Guess. I can tell you what they are. They're <laughs> fucking tater tots. Oh, no. Yes. Ah. They're fried to a golden crisp. Of course they are. We wouldn't expect anything less. No. And then it says... Disguise with cheese, if you dare. No. Which I think is a very strange way to say it. Well, this restaurant is, uh, let me just, let me read the description of uh-huh. what this restaurant is. Diners are assigned on a secret mission. No. Walk through the restaurant and uncover artifacts like a piece of the Berlin Wall. I don't want to play <laughs> a game if I'm going to dinner. Oh, you have to if you're going to say no. Okay, well, here's what you all absolutely have to do. Okay. Are you going to be Thunderballs or are you Thumb Thumbs? I'll be the fucking Thumb Thumbs, but I don't feel good about <laughs> Thunderball. it. Thunderball. I'm Thunderballs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, we Guess what? We'd take that, we would take a Thunderball sponsorship. I would say Thunderball every fucking episode if they sponsored us. I mean, you might do it anyway. I might do it anyway. Thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast and our countdown to 400, bitch. Yeah, which is next. Uh, thanks to Batwell go. Studios. Thank you, Brad. You are welcome. And uh, why don't you visit us online at SidewalkFest.com or follow us on social media at Sidewalk Film. We're showing all kinds of fun stuff at the cinema. We hope to see you there. Get your tickets again. SidewalkFest.com. Give me those cowboy hats. Let's go. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.